0: today i got booker promoter matchmaker referee and now actor james beard (laughs) welcome to the show i'll I'll throw this in here too james today's episode is by the brand new book wrestle black bart which did you get to contribute to this at all too yeah i actually wrote one of the forewords to it you
1: know gave a a little information to Vinny when he was writing it and when i got my copy of it last week i kind of thumbed through a little bit of it there's a chapter in there. The title of the chapter is James Beard and John Layfield. So I, I guess we get a featured part in there somewhere.
0: And I'll just ask you real quick: some memories of working with Black Bart?
1: Always a pleasure to work with Bart. I mean, he was he was always 100% professional. I mean, just just you always knew his matches were going to be solid and 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 they were going to make sense. And and he was fun to work with. On top of all that, you I know, mean, he and I had a real Really good rapport in the ring. I mean, it, it, people people probably thought we hated each other. But the truth is, is it was just a great working relationship. We he, he understood how to work with me, and I understood how to work with him. And, and you know, we, we, we got nose to nose a lot of times. But uh, it was all to help him get heat. And, and he understood that, and he understood how to do that. And always so much fun to be in the ring with him.
0: We had an interview three years ago. For anyone who hasn't seen that or seen other stuff with you, tell people how you broke into the business.
1: The I didn't really break in. I kind of got thrown in. Um, (laughs) I I, I was playing music around the Dallas area and over the years I'd gotten to know some of the boys that'd come in here and there. And, and, you know, over time they'd they'd talk to me and, and, and eventually it got around to to really some pretty in-depth discussions about wrestling and, and what I thought about it and, and my growing up experience of watching it as a fan and that kind of thing. And, and uh they some of them started thinking that i'd probably be maybe good at it and and uh, bruiser brody had a lot to do with that he he pretty much just told me i was going to try it and and i ended up you know kind of sticking my toe in the water for a while and then Next thing I know, I'm, you know, I'm in it full time, and had to make a choice: is either, either you know, stick with the music, or, or do this, and and you know, I, I don't know if it was the wisest choice or not, but I did it, and then you know, here we are.
0: I think the last time we talked about this, we were talking about how there are similarities between the music and wrestling business, you know, performing, working with crowds, and and sometimes even the politics. I would imagine.
1: Yeah, the the politics are very similar in a lot of ways. <laughs> Neither one of them are, are It's. It, if your success is not always based on how much talent you have uh, a lot of it has to do with who you know and, and what positions you find yourself in and how you take advantage of that and and, and uh, you know music and wrestling both the same are the same in that regard but yeah i was I was doing okay in music I mean we were my band was, working for Chardon, which is Charlie Pride's company. And, and uh, we opened for, good Lord, everybody you can think of that came through Texas. So, you know, it wasn't like it was, you know, just scrounging around or anything, but this came around and, and I, I dabbled in it a little while and I, I had some success and got to be in demand, I guess. And and, and I, I finally said, well, you know, I'm enjoying it. I'm going to see how it goes. And, I, I you know, here we are thirty seven years later and I'm I'm still involved.
0: It's interesting to think too, like you know, like when you talk about Jimmy Hart, I think me, Jean, Hulk Hogan, a lot of people went from music to wrestling.
1: Yeah, there's there's a lot of similarities. Like, you know, the, the, the performance part. The, it's, you know, wrestling is a team sport and, and music a lot of times is, if you're in a band, it's the same thing. And my personal situation was different because in the music field, I, I was the, the lead singer and, and the guy out front, you know, and in and, and, and wrestling, I'm kind of the supporting actor. So it's a different role for me, but I enjoy it. Uh, and I never had a problem with being that.
0: We always talk about Texas wrestling. You know, that's, I think, what most fans will no, you you know, synonymous with what were maybe some of your favorite places to travel to?
1: Oh well, I mean in Texas, you mean or everywhere? Anywhere. Everywhere. Well, obviously Japan was my favorite. Worked over there for several years and, and that, that really that really made my career for me, to be honest with you. It, 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 it put me in a whole different light, no different situation, it, not only there, but over here too. And back in those days, you had to be at the top of your game to even get, get a shot over there. And as far as I know, I'm the only referee that's ever actually been a part of a Japanese company. I mean, there's others that have gone over there and done shows, special events and that kind of thing, but but not as a member of a crew. And and I've done that for three different organizations over there. So I'm, you know, I'm very blessed with that. And that that did a lot of a lot of good things for me over here in the States. So I, Japan, a really, really my favorite, you know, I, I love, love working over there. I love the style. I love the the way they treated the business, the the media treated the business, the fans and it was just a great situation but but i had had a lot of opportunities to go a lot of different places you know europe and, uh singapore and i mean just name it i've been there and then it's been it's been really a, a great ride
0: being a part of the iron claw i mean it's yeah. fascinating you know this career you know this keeps leading to things sometimes and uh, japan any uh, particular good memories you can talk about
1: oh god all of them were great from the very first night and uh, what an experience! You know, I I really, when I first went over there, I really was, I really was thinking, you know, this is just gonna be a one-shot deal. And, and uh, Kendo Nagasaki, or Kazu Sakurada is the real name, but he's the one that brought me over. And you know, I, I was thinking, you know, this is just gonna be a one-time opportunity. And, and at least I can say I worked in Japan. You know, kind of pretty big deal, in right. days, Especially in those days. And the first night, <laughs> my first match over there, I thought I'm gonna go over there work with all the American guys, right? You know. And, and uh, my first match were two Japanese guys, and neither one of them could speak English. And and, and I had no idea what the finish was. It was, it was a, a submission match. Kabuki said, oh, submission finish. And I'm going, like, well, who? He said, oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, uh, we got through it. Uh, the, the guy that won the match ended up with a broken jaw. It was hanging down way like here. A- anyway, we got through that, and then, then I, the, the next couple of matches I did over there were I uh, had some of the the American guys with them in, involved, but the the second night I was there, I I got called into the office, and the owner of the company came up to me and shook my hand. He had five hundred dollars with him, obviously. Mm. So shook my hand, and he, and he said, uh, "Ikebana referee." And I was oh, well, I don't know what that means, but thank you." <laughs> and, uh, and and then when I got my pay from uh, Kabuki that night, uh, he said, "Okay, you come back next month and, and from there on I was a regular. It was just a, it's just an incredible experience you know to, to be over there and work. I would, I would go over do a tour, uh, spend the, between that tour and the next tour in, in the training center working with the young guys. And then I'd go come home for a little while and go back and do it again. It was it was just a just a wonderful thing. It's
0: giving me stuff to think about, and I'm just thinking about Japan. Is known for a very physical style, you know, hard hitting, and that was kind of Texas wrestling, especially back in the day, too. And exactly. um, yeah, it seems like whatever reason you kind of found yourself in the middle of like these very physical <laughs> you know, matches. Uh, it,
1: yeah, it was it was an absolute fit for me. I mean. Uh, the, the style over there was very similar to what we did in Texas the Sportatorium and, and other places and, and, uh, and, you know, stuff that you can see through. Uh, very, very tight work. And, and, and that's what I always enjoyed. So, and, and, and that's the way I work as a referee. You know, I, I was always, I was, I was pretty aggressive when I needed to be. And I did that over there, and they, for some reason, it it caught on. Most of the referees in Japan were very, I guess, laid back, uh, a little bit less involved. And I had a little different style, and and for some reason, they liked that, and and, uh, it worked well for me. The styles in Texas and Japan were very similar.
0: Last time we talked, you were involved with SWE Fury. And one of things you were telling me, you really promoting a time. And, you know, it's a real kind of throwback Texas wrestling. And I'll be honest, I checked it out after that interview we did. Couldn't agree more. I didn't even know how to put my finger on it, but I'm like, man, this just has a feel to it. There was an angle where somebody was putting uh, something in somebody's eyes, like a cleaning fluid or something. But it reminded me of those old school angles.
1: That was that was purposeful. That was exactly what I wanted to do. I had a lot of leeway when it started. We were we were doing really well got a lot of notoriety a lot of that was during the covid time and and a lot of people weren't doing anything and we were just cooking we were drawing seven eight hundred close to a thousand people every time we went somewhere which is pretty good for an independent sure uh, and we we ended up on some tv shows and 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 had, had a lot of exposure that way and it was just doing really well. Uh, it's it's really one of those real disappointments to me that it didn't continue. One of those situations where you hand some, I guess, power and stroke to the wrong people, and and it just it went away within no time. It was a real real disappointment to me, and something that almost got me to a point where i didn't want to do it anymore in the last few months i've gotten involved with a group called texas style wrestling and we're kind of picking up where swe left off a little bit and starting to kind of mold it back into that kind of action that kind of pr- presentation and and, and uh, uh, i'm thinking that this may be maybe a good opportunity to to you're talking about picking up where you left off kind of mm-hmm. picking up where we left off and doing that again and then and uh, I, th- I think we're heading
0: in the right direction with that. You know, it's uh, interesting to say, I just want to point this out because, uh, again, this pops my mind, is you said you were drawing around COVID, 700 yeah. to 1,000, close to it. AW yeah. Dino, and this isn't a knock on them. Their show was low. They're a national team. They had a 2,100, I think, fans in Savannah, Georgia. You, as an independent in Texas during COVID, almost had half that of what they, a national tone. That's pretty impressive when you put things like that.
1: Yeah. Right. And it was consistent, you know, and, and we were getting the kind of responses that you, you just mentioned the, the kind of some real wrestling fans that wanted to see yeah. something that they could believe in and, and didn't have to be ashamed to watch. And, 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 uh, I think, I think there's a fan base out there that's, that's yearning for that has been for a long time. And that's always been one of my passions to try to present that and try to try to uh, be successful with something like that. And I don't, I don't care about competing with WWE or, or AEW or anybody else. I want to, I want to develop something that, that has its own fan base that real wrestling fans appreciate and, and, and I think that's where, you know, that's, that's, that was my goal then. And that's my goal now, you know, I, I'm not in any, in any delusions that we're going to be the biggest thing in the business. I just think that there's, there's a place for it. And it, that's what I want to do.
0: Some of the people I remember in uh, just checking out personally, you see guys like Kevin Sullivan, Long, Mark you worked with a lot of, you know, going back to world-class, right? Yep. Frit, yep. Very, very creative people. Maybe you could tell me because there's so many who are some of the more creative and smart pro wrestling people you worked with?
1: Well, I mean, it goes all the way back to when I first started. Gary Hart. You know, uh, I learned so much from Gary. He was he's, he's a guy I considered a mentor and and obviously a very close friend as well. And there wasn't anybody much smarter than Gary. And so I learned a lot from him and Skandar Akbar, another guy that, that uh, you could always count on to let you know, you know, if, if you're on the right track, if you're doing this the way it should be done and that kind of thing. I learned from uh, Johnny Valentine was another mentor from me and, and and, uh, and Red Bastine, who was one of the smartest guys I've ever been around. Uh, and just you know, those, those guys were incredible to have that kind of influence when I early on when I first started. And uh, and then of course uh, working with guys like Eddie Gilbert later on. You mm-hmm. know, just amazing. You know, amazing mind he had. And, and you know, so many guys like that I've learned from and, and steal from. And, and, <laughs> sure. And, you know, and and still go back to sometimes. You know what I. When I, I, I think of something, I got an idea. I say, well, what would they do? And I, I try to, I try to inc- incorporate that into, into what I do now. And you know, it's 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 like having the, the it's like having a bunch of Einsteins to teach you. That that's the way it was for me. I, I, I'm just so blessed to, that I had those guys to learn from, and and, to, and to not only just not not necessarily just the creative side, but everything about the business. And you know, I, I tell people all the time that I learned more listening than I ever did in the ring. And, and and that's it's still the case and I think that that's something that a lot of guys could probably learn something from is, is to keep their mouth shut and their ears open.
0: Absolutely yeah I think that's great life advice for people yeah, right. in general. You know it's funny I was just talking to uh, somebody we were talking about the Rhodes family and, with him, and I was talking about Dustin and a particular yeah. time before I, you know I remember when he's, he was in Texas for a little bit too and I remember him working with Gary Young early on and he had a yeah. small in WWE, I said, "What a time!" Despite the fact that you're Dusty's son, to get to work with guys in that time period—Larry Sabisco, Iron Anderson, Bobby Eaton, Rick Rude, a future Steve Austin—and now yeah, you go down that list of all the people you worked with—isn't oh, yeah. it crazy?
1: Yeah, it's it's just pretty amazing when you think about all the people that came through here, and some of them they got their start, you know, in, in the in the Dallas area and Texas and. And, and just having a little bit of something to do with some of them getting to, I guess, their, their big breaks and that kind of thing. Uh, you know, I, I was talking to somebody the other day about all the guys that came through sportatorium, you know, whether it was world class or USWA or, or global. Or, and so many that, that became big, huge stars that got their start right there and being able to be a part of that and, and in some cases being very involved in, in their early learning and that kind of thing. Uh, it, it's just, uh, it's just mind blowing sometimes when you see how well some of them have done.
0: You said global, and one of the first things like he, people don't realize, you know, how stacked that talent base was in the beginning, but even uh, towards yes. the end, when yeah. they didn't have all the name town Booker T and Stevie Ray, a little team at the time called Ebony Experience, and the success Booker T has, it again started off in global wrestling. That's federation.
1: absolutely yes, yeah, the JBL, you know. You I mean, uh, I just talked to John yesterday and, you know, he, he's uh, the, all those guys were just you, you could tell they were going to make it. It just right. a matter of a matter of when, because they had the they had the kind of desire and the drive to to succeed and, and, and to learn and that kind of thing. And and, uh, you know, it, it, it's fun to work with guys like that when you know that they're going to you know that they're going to do everything they can to be successful. You know, Steve Austin was the same way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's so many other guys that come, that went through there that that you know maybe maybe not as, as huge a career as Steve or, or John or Booker, but were successful in the business in some way and 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 it's just it's, it's, it makes me really proud of it, to know that that uh, you know I was around and had a little part with some of that.
0: As SW Theory closed, I started seeing you on know, my radar. Was with the Iron Claw movie, hearing about this yeah, stuff. You said in between though, you thought about even stepping away for a while. Were you doing anything pro wrestling wise in between? the Iron Claw movie and the closing of SW series.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, 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 wasn't super active, but I was still going out two or three times a, a month, you know, and, and working a show here or there. And I was, I was working with some younger guys. I did some clinics. So I, I wasn't working with a group steadily until TSW called and, and yeah. asked me to start working with them. And I, I when I started doing that, it was just, just kind of writing the format and, and, and then, then later, they they wanted me to get more involved in the creative side of things, and 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 that's you know that that's some of the same guys. I mean, jazz and, and Rodney Mac too. Mm-hmm. My very close friends are part of that, and Tim Storm also, and and uh, so so I was I was still. I was still in the business, but I wasn't. I wasn't as busy. In fact, I, for there was a little period of time right after that happened with, with SWE that I really didn't want to do too much. I was I was kind of disgusted, to be honest with you. In fact, I, when I got the call about doing the Iron Claw, uh, I was on my way to a show in Louisiana. I was going down there to work. I'd been working with a. Uh, uh, a teaching group down there that uh, Danny Davis a friend of mine from Global, it was he's running a school had about 20 students or so and I'd been going down there about once a month and helping him some and, and, and working with those guys and trying to polish them up a little bit and that kind of thing and, and I was on my way down there when I got that call you know I was still doing things I wasn't I wasn't really trying to be as as active I was still involved in, in uh, the Trager's Thess Hall of Fame and 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 CAC and that kind of thing. So uh, you know, I was still sticking my toe in the business, but I wasn't really, I wasn't really trying to do too much more.
0: What year was that? Did you got the call about the Iron Claw then?
1: Actually, Tim Storm called me first. He'd been talking to Luke Cox, and uh, they were working in NWA together. And and, and Luke had been involved in uh, several movies and TV shows and that kind of thing. And and he was involved in casting. Of, of the iron claw and he had asked him if if, uh, if he thought i might be interested in being a part of it he thought that maybe having somebody who had actually been there you know and, and been a part of that would, be kind of interesting to have in the movie uh, i told tim i said well sure i mean i've known luke a long time i said tell him to call me and then he did and he kind of gave me an idea of what they were doing and, and the next thing i know i'm getting vetted by a 24 the studio you know i tell people it's kind of it's kind of it's like getting getting invented for uh, maybe a political job or something you got to go through all kinds of stuff to get <laughs> the, to, for them to the, the, say you're okay that and sag you know the same way and so uh, I went through all of that and got that done. And when I showed up down there, the, the director, Sean Durkin, uh, he, was, he, was a, he was an old-time wrestling fan. So he, uh-huh. he, was, a, he was aware of, of me and what I did and who I am. And, and they, they put me in the situation where I, I was able to help kind of guide some of the guys as far as uh, telling you, you know, this guy would do this this way and this guy would do that that way. And, and, and you know, just kind of giving them some firsthand uh, experience, you know. And it, it was a great, it was an incredible, incredible experience for me to be involved with that. And, and of course, you don't know what the movie's going to be like until you finally see the whole product. And when I got, to, I get to go to the world premiere and, and see the, the final product and then uh, I was very pleased with it. I mean, it, it's just an incredible movie. It's not, you know, that people, a lot of, lot of people, you know, wrestling folks and all are, they, they started clamoring about the, the casting and about. Uh, you know, they left this out and they left that out and the timelines aren't exactly the way things happen and all. That. And that's true. That's the way it is. But sure, it's a, it's a movie. It's not a, it's not a documentary. And, right. And uh, in order to do all the things people wanted them to do and include all the things and people they wanted them to include, you'd probably have to have an eight-part miniseries to do that. You know. Mm-hmm. But I thought as a movie that's a little over two hours long and the story that, that Sean was able to tell in that movie it's just beautifully done and the acting is is first rate Uh, i read a review yesterday from uh some some big name reviewer i don't keep up with all that too much he was actually doing he was talking about the the movies that should have been nominated for the academy award that worked and the the iron claw was the first one he talked about that's the kind of reviews we were getting great great reviews from you movie people so as a movie I think it's incredible. If you want a documentary, then you're going to have to look somewhere else. But that that's something I'm very proud of being a part of.
0: And you should be. Hey, I, I saw my girlfriend's uh, daughter. She's not a pro wrestling fan. Yeah. And, you know, she went on that ride. To her, Fritz was more the heel. You know, she ends up. But she's actively not liking this, you know, individual at this point. And she's very uh, sympathetic to uh, the character, uh, the actor who played Mike. Yep. You know, I thought they did. did. They unbelievable,
1: first. unbelievable job, man. He was, If, he, if uh, he and Zach, I think probably should have had some kind of recognition for sure.
0: That's what I was going to ask for you on this set. What were some things that maybe stood out? Like- you,
1: I I can't say enough about those guys. They had been training with, with Chavo Guerrero for a while before we even started shooting. And they kind of learned the basics. And, and you know, I, I told them, I, I've seen guys that's been training for two or three years that, they weren't even close to doing the things those guys were doing, and they were so committed to doing it right. Nothing cheesy about it. I think the wrestling scenes in in, in this movie is probably the best that I've ever seen anywhere, and and the most realistic. And, and that's because we did it real. You know, Sean just told us he said, "I want I want it to be like a like a match. I want it to be the way you do it." Even even to myself, you know, I was initially I was just kind of being there and trying to be in the right place and that kind of thing. And he said, "No, no. I want you to be you. I want you. To, I want you to, you know, vocally, everything the way you way you would handle a match. Get in there and do it the same way. And, and that's what I did. And and uh, and that's that's what they did. They they uh, they nailed those things, you know. And and they were so easy to work with. I mean, so so committed to making it right. Uh, Zach would ask me, did would would Kevin do this? And I'd say, no. He would do it like this, or, or he would be." Kevin was very aggressive, and and I, you know, I, I would tell him, you know, look, you can't back off. You got to keep coming. And he and he worked it that way. And and he was just a he was a, a joy to work with. All of them were. All the all the actors were just a blessing to
0: work. With. How important do you think Chavo Guerrero was to this overall? Oh,
1: Chavo, yeah, Chavo was. Uh, I mean, he he's what made it what it was. I mean, he like I said, he trained the guys earlier before we ever started started filming and and he put together the spots that we that we incorporated in the movie and and what he did is he tried to incorporate spots that were similar to what we did in real life back in the day and so some of that stuff you saw in the movie actually is just pretty much how it happened back then and he, i thought i thought he did a magnificent job of putting all that together and and, and, and directing it and, and uh, uh making it look like it's supposed to look i i, I Chavo was a—he was—he was, a, he was a, a, another one of the guys. Just a joy to work with. I'd, I'd known him before, because I'd worked with all of his family before, and uh, I'd worked with Chavo a couple of other times, and and Junior. I'm talking about, and um, he—he uh, he was just—he uh, was—he was just wonderful to work with. Kota, who was the stunt director of, of the movie, he, kinda, he was kind of—he was kind of there to try to keep us from killing each other. He did a great job of that too. Uh, we we all kind of we kind of. Kind of bonded a little bit you know after all the shooting was over with and everything we Chavo and, and and hero and i all went out just the three of us and kind of had our own little private uh, closing party i guess and and uh you know those guys were just so much fun to work with and so easy to work with that can't say enough about them
0: music wrestling and now, later on in life, the iron claw. I'm not painting <laughs> as an older man. I don't want to do yeah, that. I, but
1: I think I think calling me a star in the movie is a little bit, might be taking it a little too far. But, well, I'm not a star. i just,
0: but, I bet. Like, I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, uh, yeah, I guess what I'm trying to say is, being a part of this process. Where does this rank in your overall career in life?
1: Oh, it ranks right up at the top, man. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think all of us at some point in our lives. You, you kind of think, you know, I, I'd like to be a movie star, you know, I'd like to make a movie or whatever, you know, and a lot of people think they can do it and really can't kind of like wrestling, you know, but uh, to actually have that come about and happen at this stage of my life and career. Oh, man, what a wonderful thing. I mean, when, when I, I saw my name up there in the credits, mm-hmm. you know, I was like, wow. <laughs> Yeah, so, this is a major motion picture and i've got my name in the credits up there you know and, and it was just uh, it was it was incredible and so it, it was it, it ranks right up there with with all the honors i've been fortunate to have a lot of honors in the last 10 or 12 years and and i'm very proud of all of those and, and this is this is right up there with all of that you know it, it means just as much and i and i'll tell you you know i've told this before in other interviews and things but my last scene that I did was with the one with, with uh, uh Flair and Kevin's match. And that was a, one of those deals that took all day long to film, you know, you do it from all angles and, and, and it, it's just a slow process sometimes. But anyway, when we got through with that, that was my last, my, that was going to be my last scene period. And, uh, uh, I got out of the ring and I walked around to say, you know, thank Sean for having me there. And, and uh, when I walked around there and, and I started to say goodbye to him, he turned to the assistant director and, and told her to announce over the loudspeaker that this was my route. So she did that. And, and and there was a big hand from the crew and everybody that was on set, which made me feel really good. And then, then I turned around to leave and and, and Zach came back out of the dressing room and gave me a big hug and thanked me for helping him. Uh, but that's the kind of experience it was. And, 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 you know, that moment, um, uh, it meant a lot
0: to me. It's so happy to hear that and honestly it's almost like a Hall of Fame induction it feels like like a you know like a, a real stamp on a tremendous career almost it feels like
1: yeah well and, and like i said I, I've, I've had a few of those honors in the last few years yeah and and you're exactly right it was it was on that level
0: absolutely awesome man I, I love the passion out of your voice here and i appreciate that james before i let you go you're always gracious with your time you're an excellent storyteller is there anything you want to promote
1: yeah i mean uh are tsw is on, on streaming you can find us there we're starting like i said uh we're, we're really getting that around to where it's not only named Texas style wrestling, but it's, it's starting to represent that now. And, and it's, it's kind of coming back around to that, that, uh, that style that, that you referred to with, that SWE was, was, was known for. So we're working on that and we're, and, and I'm pretty proud of where we're headed there. I mean, we still got, still got work to do and, and, and some things to, to get, getting right, get in order, but, we're opening up in a brand new high tech uh, uh, facility this next month. Very proud of that. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be incredible. It's in a 40 school district, in, 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 which is uh, just east of Dallas, in a building that holds it, the, the building we're going to be in, holds about 600 people. This is a part of a larger facility. I think the large one holds like 8000 or something like that. But but uh, it's a it's a high tech school for teaching you know for like media and that kind of thing and and so it, it's going to be something special when we get this thing all rolling there and so i'm looking forward to that so watch for some streaming with the tsw and and uh, of course i'm still involved with cauliflower alley and 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 my real passion is is uh, the tragos hall of fame which is something i became uh, a member and a part of uh, a few years ago and and and, and now I'm really very active in, in working with, with Jerry Briscoe, who's the head of that, and, and, and all those guys that, that, that put those things together. And, and you know, we're, we're July the 18th through the 20th. We'll be in Waterloo, Iowa at the Dan Gable Museum. If you want a special weekend, you know, you'll see a lot of stars there and have a chance to kind of be in a real intimate type situation. I'm very proud of that that whole organization and everything that we're doing. And, and, and I'm really... I'm I'm really looking forward to this next one. It's our 25th anniversary, and I'm I'm I'm, I'm very proud of that. So, you know, talk it up for us, and, and and try to be in Waterloo on the on July the 18th to the 20th. It's gonna be great. The, the induction ceremonies are got a bunch of activities on Thursday. The, the the first night, Friday night there's gonna be the induction, and Saturday night there's gonna be matches, and and uh, oh. it, it's a very special weekend. So come see us.
0: That's awesome, James. Thank you for your time, and you would nothing but gracious. We